There is treasure in and beyond your pain. What you seek is seeking you, beloved. To feel, transmute and alchemize pain is your power. And this power is within you right now. If you'll only give yourself permission to access it. To tune in to the truth of who you are. To allow the healing of your soul. Self-healer. Rise. Hi beloveds, I hope you are well. I hope you're taking care of yourself. I hope that you are um, able to see with with your third eye open what's really going on in 2020 and just know that you're safe and know that you don't have to cave into the fear of the fear porn news media of course um, and just stay hydrated um, stay connected to the earth stay connected to yourself and really um, honor where you are as an individual in your own soul and your own experience of what's happening right now because it is going to be very different from for everybody experientially because of course we're all love operating at you know different levels of consciousness some of us may be in one dimension some of us may be in another and even when you're talking about like astrology and stuff like that the planets literally just represent different um dimensions within yourself so um always remembering that you have the power to retain your own peace and you never ever have to give your power away in regards to everything in life you are very powerful beloved and as long as you know that then you'll know that that your consciousness doesn't have to be um outside of yourself your consciousness can remain within you you have the power to decide in every moment what you as an individual are going to do regardless of what the 98 percent of people are doing down there As long as you remain faithful to you and your own convictions, all is well. So today I just wanted to really address, again, it's kind of the theme of the power of sex. Um, And I think I do, I have done a podcast in the past on the power of sex. This is is sex. This is going to come from a a little bit of a more of a, a, um, it's kind of the same kind of message, but worded in a very different way. And I think sometimes when you can read the same message over and over and over by different authors, and and they're all coming from different perceptions and different perspectives, and each time something's worded in a different way, you'll get a fresh new revelation. Words are so powerful. That's what I realize in my own experience. So women... My thing is, is balance is something that's really coming to the forefront of my life right now. And, and, and I'm thinking about my art and um, um, going into a lot of uh, comedic spirituality and, and in, back into Egypt and kind of looking at the, the gods and the goddesses. And I think my art really stands out for me. And obviously um, these goddesses are not deification. Obviously some people deify um aspects of nature or principles of nature or the the laws of the universe and I think that that's not where um I don't externalize those kind of things so whenever I if you've ever heard me talk about deities and stuff like that it's all just um going back to you the consciousness within you for example Christ consciousness or Krishna consciousness it's not 
an actual Christ body or a, a Krishna body or like, you know, you think of Kali or Shiva or any like goddess or god or um, Isis or Set or um, any kind of goddess that's been deified. That's that's what it means to externalize your power because you're seeing it as a actual external god rather than your god within, which is you, my beloved. And so sex is a really powerful thing to talk about because this is your creative life force. It's the juice within you. It's, it's, it's your, it's your, it's your energy. It's, it's, it's life. And I think that there needs to be this liberation of this life within you because you're not called as a woman. And I will talk to my Kings in a moment. You're not, um, you're not called to be this, I just bake cakes and I just make cookies and I stay at home. And I, and I, and I say this with all respect, I'm just going to be talking about the two extreme views that we can have of what a woman should be and her, what her responsibilities are and what her duties are. Uh, duties are, and, and, and it's kind of, you have this one very conservative view of, of a woman um, that's just in the house and she's looking after the children and she's that mother figure and everything about you as a woman, it gets, it's kind of like you, you, you forget about all those aspect, aspects of yourself. You forget that you're a sexual being. You forget that you're a friend and you forget that you have a life outside of that role. And it is a role of being a mother. And therefore your husband gets bored of you and he starts kind of looking at other places. And he just really wants to see that sensuality within you. But because you've let that go, because of the responsibilities as a woman, as a mother, and as a, as a, as a wife, and you've taken on that role that society has conditioned you to take on, you actually forget about yourself. So in all of that, as a woman, as a wife, as a mother, you can step into that role in such extremities and that you're so imbalanced and you don't see yourself as a sexual being. You don't see yourself as young and light. And, 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 and I'm, obviously I'm not, um, this is just a generalization here that when we go too far into that extreme, we can lose that life, that sex sensuality and that sexuality. And, and, you know, you have to have compassion on, on, mar on people in marriages. Why, why um, marriages, you know, can go a little bit stale is because you've forgotten who you are. It's when people say, oh, percentage of, percentages of marriages um, end up in divorce, so what's the point? Well, if you forget who you are, why even talk about marriage as this kind of like thing that should be upheld? Um, you know, marriage in the past was just a way to sell women off and it was a form of ownership and, and that's how marriage can also be, be, be seen if you forget who you are. Um, it all does depend on your perspective of marriage and what it is that you're bringing into the marriage, what it is that your partner is um, also bringing into the marriage, his perceptions and, and what he feels like he's losing, what he feels like he's gained. And then on the other extreme, you've got the um, what, we, what we could call Jezebel, or at least it's the Jezebel spirit. And this is a woman who is extremely sensual. She's um, jumping from one relationship to the next. She's not bothered about marriage. She's got her legs wide open. And when I say this, there is no judgment on either side. I'm just showing you the extreme ends of, of how women can play into these different roles. And it's kind of like um, you will be the kind of cherry on top of the cake for a man that wants that ride and he wants to ride the wave of that sensuality and it's a moment it's an experience but hey he's not going to marry you and when you look at the other side the, the extreme of yes you've got the you know the mother role and yes you're birthing through your 
um, your womb and through your uh, sacred yoni, the, the, the manifestation of that sexual experience between you and your husband, which is the child. And, you know, you, you're that mother, you know, it's, it's a very motherly role. Well, because you've forgotten who you are as also a sensual being, you've become too extreme on that end and you're not fulfilling your partner in that sensual way because you've forgotten and it happens very slowly over time that you get too preoccupied with with the needs and the wants of the children when you should really in a marriage it really has to be um the parents love that is the strongest um and a love that shouldn't be forgotten and denied because of the children because of the children's need it's almost like fathers sometimes get pushed along pushed to the side because the love then all go goes just to the children but if the children can actually see the love between the parents then they have that great example of what love is rather than a woman um loving the children in such a way that she prioritizes them over the marriage um and so you know uh Jezebel and again this is not a judgment this is just I'm just showing you the two extreme sides Jezebel doesn't have a husband she doesn't have that um provide a role as a husband with her she is not a mother um and and, and when you try and look at those two extremes you get women that when we forget ourselves as women, we can either end up on one side or another. And in the way that I see myself as, as, a, as a powerful woman is being in the middle, is being balanced in, in, in knowing that in, when you are neutral, or even when you're just able to see beyond those two perspectives or those two extremes, red pill, blue pill, whatever you want to call it, but you, you being in a relationship, you want to embody both the mother, you want to embody both the Jezebel spirit and bring them together so that in your relationships, and it's not, it's not really about doing this for the sake of the people you're in relationships with, but doing it for yourself because as a woman, you are a mother whether you've had children or not. You don't have to have your womb as the, um, the ve- your, your body as a vessel which then manif- brings forth that manifestation through the waters of your body which is the child you don't have to have that child as the manifestation proof of your womanhood and your motherly abilities to just be a mother first and foremost to yourself and then a mother to those that are around you because as a woman that's just something that you innately embody um, and you can have that motherly um think about you you know I've not given birth to children and I've I definitely see myself as a mother and I'm very very motherly um to those around me and to those that I care deeply about but I also am very strong in my sensual sensuality um I have I don't shame the waters of my body and it's like instead of you know we wouldn't live in such a rape culture if the 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 waters of our bodies were respected more um you know women can often be uh, kind of shamed you know and it's like literally the waters of our body have been shamed breastfeeding masturbation sexual fluids sweat it's like why you know when you can shame that you can then control that individual and hence why religion has been very no sex before marriage etc cetera, etc cetera. and it's kind of like well when you think about it it's kind of bringing that jezebel or the whore and the and the mother and the wife actually together and you embody those two women as one woman so you you have that mayat you have that that balance that that you know the, the scales are balanced and you bring that together and you become the woman you become the sensual woman you become um the whore as well and if you and if, if you 
want to have an experience, a very sexual experience. You're not a whore in the sense of you just give yourself to everybody and you're just giving your juices away to everybody. You have the power, you have the... um, When you have boundaries, you get to decide what type of experience you want. Also knowing that sex is powerful, also knowing that sex is sacred. And if you want to have a sexual experience with a being that respects you first and foremost, you ha- they're aware of your boundaries and there's chemistry there and whatever it is that you want from that experience, that's also your um, freedom to do so. And I think this is where we judge both women, we judge both the mother and we judge both both Jezebel or, uh, you know, the kind of woman that is kind of free within herself, but then she does, she also doesn't have boundaries. So she's on the extreme, extreme, extreme end where she thinks that she's powerful, but in reality, she's giving her power away because she doesn't have those boundaries. And also with the, with the woman that is too much in her mother role, and she, you know, she's the perfect wife and she's completely self, you know, she's completely sacrificial. Um, she puts all her own needs completely to the side for the sake of her children. She doesn't satisfy her husband. You know, sex becomes more like a robotic kind of thing to do rather than it be an actual experience that she can actually experience with her partner or with her husband. Because of course the children need putting to sleep, the children need cradling, the children need this attention and that attention. And you realize, especially when you have your first two children, that so much time has gone by and all of your energy and all of your love has gone on your children. But where are you in that? Because you need to be able to reserve energy for yourself because it's not even fair to your children in the, in the fact that you may think that you're loving them by giving them everything, but you're showing them that that what love is is you become nothing so when they look at their mother who do they see do they see a ghost do they see an empty vessel what what is it that they actually see because children really it's not what you say to them it's it's what you're embodying in front of them and it's like then, you know, boys that grow up around that, then they will go for a woman that's like that, a woman that doesn't know herself. And it's kind of be realizing that you are the mother, regardless of whether you've your body has been a vessel in order to manifest a child. And you are also a sexual free being. And in any relationship, all someone ever has to do is to realize that their boundaries can only ever really be crossed if they allow that. Now, I'm not applying that to all situations, obviously, in terms of um, rape and stuff like that. What I'm saying is that we, we as women, are more powerful than we realise and we have more, um, when we have start to have more respect for ourselves as a woman and as a sensual sexual being, we start to enter into sexual experiences or enter into relationships that are more empowering for us whether some, whether you want something to just be a, a, an experience for you, that is a conscious choice rather than you being stuck in trauma and allowing that trauma to blind you to your own conscious will. And then you end up in relationships where you're being exploited and dominated and used and abused. And this can happen in the, in, in, in 
all sorts of experiences where it could be a one-night stand, it could be where you're seeing someone for several months or several weeks and then they leave you. It could be even in a marriage where some where you're being covertly abused or overtly abused, you give them children, they, they cheat on you and then they leave you. So it's not really about the actual uh, physical manifestation of what a relationship looks like in terms of whether you have that commitment or not. I think it's just a case of you um, realizing your boundaries in all of those situations and sex is a beautiful thing and sex is a powerful thing and so use that you know using that wisely and using that in a way that you can manifest what you want in your life because if you want an experience and it's your conscious choice even though most of the conscious mind is being um controlled by the subconscious mind you get to a point in your healing path where you don't want to be addicted to healing you want to actually honor your healing process and get to the point where you're just like well I can live there's life after healing and even as you're healing and even as you're just deciding that okay I've healed enough now I don't need to go too deep into my psyche anymore and now I'm going to live and that's a choice that you get to make for yourself now I'm going to live and if any shadowy aspects come up I can see it for what it is I don't have to um, I don't have to repeat this traumatic cycle again. I don't have to keep going around and, and, and literally experiencing the same thing over and over and over and over, dating the same person over and over and over and over. It's a different face, but it's the same energy. Why do I feel like I'm dating the same person again? Until you see those aspects of yourself, you don't have, you know, you get to a point where you're just like, well, I've healed that, or at least I feel like I've healed that. Now I want to live, but I'm in the same situation again. You can actually deal with that shadow aspect as it comes up and go, wait, 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 wait. I see this is another trauma loop coming up. I don't need to experience this situation. Therefore, I'm not going to. However, however, this is where balance comes in, is that you have the scales, you have my art, and it's kind of that looking looking at everything as balance so if you're going to be oh I can't have sex and go into this kind of like reclusive mode and I've been there beloved this is why I'm talking about this where I've been I think it's I don't know the difference between abstinent and celibate one of them is like completely not having sex at all the other ones have not having sex for a short period of time and that time is completely dependent on you and how you feel obviously so I went through I think four years of not having sex by complete choice um plenty of opportunities where I could have but it was just a complete choice not to and I really believe that I entered into kind of an extreme, I was doing it out of love for myself, but I did, it was quite extreme because you have this sensuality that wants to express itself. And although I was expressing it through creativity, I think expressing it through se sexual experiences would have been healthy for me, but because my sexual experiences were so damaging at the time, I didn't know how to have healthy relationships because everything I was experienced was so unhealthy and so toxic. So I was just like, oh my God, I just need to stop having sex. Um, and when you're able to balance, have a balanced perspective, you don't go to extremes. So you just kind of allow an experience to be what it is. And it's like, well, if I want to have sex, it's my body, it's my soul, it's my mind, and I'm going to do whatever the fuck I want. You obviously have a balanced perspective knowing that if you enter into a situation, you might end up getting hurt. But the balanced perspective would be that if you want that experience, then go for that experience regardless of, of necessarily the outcome that you're looking for. Because the balanced perspective would be, well, at the end of the day, we came into this life with the risk of dying. Any day you walk outside, a tree could fall on your head. Anything can happen. 
you know, and I'm not, I'm not putting that out there in the universe, but what I'm saying is life itself is a risk. Life itself is a risk. Everything you do, it's when people say things like, oh, but it's so hard. And I'm just like, well, everything in life is. And that should be looked on as a good thing because not necessarily a good thing, but a valuable thing. Because at the end of the day, if life was so easy, why would we do anything? Why would we wake up first thing and want to do anything and give our energy to anything? And I think that the, the, the mothers need to become more of the Jezebel, Jezebel or the kind of, what, what I'm not saying that this woman on the extreme is a whore, don't get me wrong. What I'm saying is that's how society sees her. That's how society sees women as mothers. I'm not judging these women. I'm just looking and observing and seeing the extreme ends of how the feminine energy can go. And of course this can, I'll get onto my kings in a minute, but as, um, as women, I think it's really important to come back into that balance, seeing yourself as a balanced individual, because when you're not balanced, you, you, you lose so much of yourself, you lose so much of yourself, and, and, and I guess this could, this could be um, seen for men as well, like, you'll get the pimp, and you'll get, like, the opposite of that, and I think that, like, there's that toxic way of viewing yourself as a man and a toxic way of viewing yourself as a woman that why do we play into these archetypes is like why do you play into that um role of a mother and you know you 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 speak to a lot of mothers and and they might say things like well I I thought like I was doing the right thing in staying in this abusive relationship because I didn't want my daughter to grow up without a father because then she would have father issues and abandonment issues. But staying in an abusive relationship, and I'm not even talking about, it doesn't have to be emotional abuse, physical abuse, or any abuse at all, my love. It could just be that you are unhappy. Now, I'm not saying that you're, I'm not saying unhappy in the sense that you're giving your power all the way to your husband and it's their responsibility to make you happy. No, I'm talking about you could be in a state where you are loving yourself as a woman, you are embodying what it means to be a powerful woman, a queen, but at the same time, you're just unhappy in this relationship. It just, it, it's not, you just don't feel like this is what you want anymore. That's what I mean. And, and that can still in order, you know, to say that you're going to put that aside and ignore your own desires and your own heart for the sake of a child that then you think that that child is not going, you think that child will lose out on something if you put your own emotions and your own feelings first and actually leave that marriage because that child is, is, is being just as damaged in a relationship where she's seeing two individuals that don't love each other because then in that child's subconscious mind, and even if they're older seven, they're still going to soak it in, that love is two beings that are just coexisting together and they're not actually loving each other. Do you see what I mean? When we're looking at extremes and we're imbalanced in the way that we view things and view ourselves, it has negative consequences or consequences that um instill the manifest the external manifest manifestation of that lack onto someone else which would be the child of course um because children really it's not what you say to a child do we really remember what our parents have said to us as much it's maybe how they said it how they say it what they do what you show them um and i think just being able to as a man as well not be on the extreme and it and it's the same as kind of 
you know, whenever you think of somebody that is a nice person, like just think of who pops into your head when, when someone says, oh, this person's a nice person. But what does that really mean, nice? It just means on the extreme end of kindness where you know that that does not exist, which would be, it's a very covert narcissistic way to be. Oh, just be nice. But wh- wh- where are you in that? Where, where are your real emotions of anger and frustration and realness when someone is too nice? Oh yeah, they'll do it. They're just too nice. It's like whenever someone's too nice, they're on the extreme end of what society want, think, thinks that, what you think society wants. So you wear this mask of niceness so that nobody ever gets to see who you truly are. And you might be a person that is full of rage and anger and contempt and just all kinds of emotions that you're not dealing with but still you'll go into the world and wear such a polished mask because you don't want anyone to see that you're a real human being and and it's kind of having that extreme view of things and I think that when it comes to sex I think that you have to just remember that you are an energy being and so are others and as long as you've healed aspects of yourself, or as long as you, if you, longer, as long as you've dealt with aspects of your subconscious mind, it is okay to live. And I've said this before in my other podcasts that masturbation itself has the ability to manifest anything into your life if you're you're able to understand the power of masturbation, not even the power of masturbation, but the power of 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 just sexual energy. Um, and if you want to go and listen to that podcast, I will mention which podcast it is in the show notes um of this podcast because I can't remember exactly which one it was um I think it's called how to manifest through masturbation or something like that and there's another one the power of sex and I think that when we allow society or when we allow religion and remember religion controls society and vice versa I think we have to think about like why why do we have so much shame around sex? And, and it's kind of like, because we're so imbalanced as, as, as a society that it's kind of like, and I don't mean any disrespect to anybody that um, takes this as any, any sort of way. I'm just kind of putting this out there that you have sometimes situation where a man will marry the perfect woman. And that perfect woman probably does at some, some level resemble his own mother but if you're the perfect woman in the sense of like this is this is a woman that is so worthy of marrying because she's so motherly and she's so stable and she's so she's just such a good woman and then you have to ask yourself well why do why do a lot of men then go out to look for somebody that is not like her you know whatever's missing in that marriage or that relationship that causes that man, all that woman, whoever it is, it's not really gender related here, although 80% of men, statistically, don't say this is coming from me, it's not, um, cheat on the partners and like 30 to 40% of women do. And I think cheating is a, um, let's not get into that, but it's a whole, it's a whole thing in in and of itself. It's not really just relating to marriage, but what I'm saying is, or what I'm trying to say is, or trying to ask is why do men well, well, you can kind of see why men would then go out and try and find what it is that you're not giving your man because maybe, and again, this is a generalization, I'm not talking about an individual, maybe you've become so consumed in the idea of this perfect marriage and 
being a perfect perfect mother a mother and being a perfect wife to your husband that you've forgotten about your own self and when you do forget about yourself ultimately you do forget about others as well um others can feel it and I think you, you you're not embodying that sexual what society would call a whore woman or that version of yourself because it exists within you bring her into the marriage bring that sexual excitement into your relationships bring the topic the discussion of those taboos and those kind of sexual experiences that maybe you feel a bit shameful about because well no one really talks about that so just leave that out of the marriage and if my husband asks me to do it I'm just going to think he's a fucking weirdo you know and it's like if you being able to be more of a balanced individual in your marriage will actually save your marriage and I guess this is not really about marriage because again this is just me being very uh, free in my flow of um, consciousness right now and again that would even come back to the whole concept of marriage itself and um, and yeah maybe I'm not going trying to go too far down that way but just being able to bring the how would I even say concept, bring the state of consciousness or the awareness of balance into really every area of your life. And I think starting with, with viewing sex in that way, in that, um, you want to bring both women together, both those extremities of what society or not even society, but what you think a woman is, and you see yourself more on one end, you see yourself more as the whore, when you see see yourself more as the wife and the mother and in reality um those two aspects are those two women are actually aspects of yourself those two women are you and society has made you believe because we live in the realm of duality that you have to pick a side you have to pick which woman to be in order to get that man or which man to be in order to get that woman and I'm not saying that you have to become a pimp, of course not. What I'm saying is what I'm saying is the way that we look at everything is very extreme in one end and extreme in the other, realizing that when you just come in the middle, in the neutral point, you're not being controlled by either narrative, you're not being controlled by either image of what a woman is, because as a woman you are not an image. As a man, you are not an image. And when someone says, oh, well, man up, uh, excuse me, what does that even mean to man up? Because little boys don't cry. We can't have that, you know, and, and realistically, little boys are just as sensitive as little girls. And what society has done with boys is they've not allowed them to express themselves. Therefore, when they get into relationships, when they're older, now their wife is now relying on their husband for emotional support and getting angry at the husband because he doesn't know how to be the emotional support for his wife because nobody has done that for him. So there's a lot of pressure on men as well, you know, and, and yeah, you know, for the most part, we think that we live in this male dominated kind of society but look at what men have also had to put up with in order to even be seen as a man it's so imbalanced it's like just because you have a male body that doesn't mean that you are just to embody the male energy you embody both the male and female but society will tell you you're not you're not a real man unless you're muscular and misogynistic in in some sort of way and it's kind of like you get that uh, toxic patriarchal kind of attitude 
you know, I recently, uh, and if, if, if there, there will be one person that, that if she's listening, she'll know what I'm talking about. Um, I recently was having a discussion with somebody and this individual just blatantly just came out and it was a male and he was in the room with me and another female and he just said, women are, women are useless. And he was really going out of his way to try and get some sort of reaction out of us. Women are useless. And my thing is I responded to that and I asked him, well, what does he mean by that? Um, what gives him the right to say that in front of two women? You know, and I was trying to ask questions and really kind of challenge him and to take that conversation further. And then this individual turned around and said, oh, well, I just I just like to say really extreme things to get a reaction out of somebody. And I said, well, I didn't react to what you said. I responded. And this individual said, oh, well, you know, respond and react to the two things you reacted you, you, you know, I'm getting, a, I'm getting a, a reaction out of you. And I was trying to explain to this individual, but this individual is highly narcissistic and they were gaslighting me all the way through this conversation that I reacted. I said, no, res- like when you look at response and react, a, re- a reaction would be straight from the subconscious mind and you would be firing back at that person. And it's not even, you're not even consciously aware of what you're saying. You'd just get angry at the fact that someone said women are useless and talking about women, they're bad at driving, etc. Um, this person's very misogynistic. And I would be firing back at this individual. Now, just because I am assertive individual, just because I am, you know, I have an active throat chakra, if that if I then this is what I mean about balance, if I then ask you what you mean about that if I then challenge you that is not a reaction that is a response to what you've said now if you're in a room and somebody says I don't like gay people and you backfire on that yeah that's a reaction but if I'm trying to have a discussion with you and you're trying to stop my train you're trying to stop the conversation altogether by saying oh well I just wanted to get a reaction out of you that's not a reaction that's a response because the individual wants to know what you mean by that. I want to talk about that. I want to ask you what gives you the right to say that women are useless when I'm in the room or that you think that being gay is an abomination because that was the next thing. And I said, well, well, I might be gay. You know, and this individual was saying, you know, um, I'm not saying that it's an abomination. I'm just saying the Bible says it's an abomination. And I was like, well, I'm not in this room with a Bible. I want to know your thoughts. I'm not talking about the Bible. What do you think? And this individual was like, well, it doesn't matter what I think. It's what the Bible thinks. I'm just like, no, because you are a human being. What does it matter what the Bible says? And it's just like, when when you become too religious, that's also another form of being extremely imbalanced. Because again, just even in this situation, it just proved a point to me that you're giving me a Bible quote, which I'm not interested in, and you're telling me what the Bible says, but I am not having a conversation with the Bible. The Bible isn't in this room with us, and we're not discussing the Bible. We are talking as two human beings, and this individual was just basically like, well, being gay is an abomination, and I was just like, listen, I don't want a conversation with the Bible. Let's just talk about what you think because you've just said that women are useless and now you've just said that being gay is an abomination. So where is all that coming from? But again, it's like when you're very imbalanced with religion, there's no room for discussion. It's just the Bible says this and God says this and da-da-da-da-da. And it's that Saturn way of thinking. It's that Saturn box over your head where you exist in this box and nothing outside, nothing is, everything that's outside of this box that you've been put in is an abomination and it gets seen as, the whore 
you're a whore if you're outside of this Saturn box. You are a you are an abomination to God. What is God? Let's let's talk about it, you know? And it's kind of like whenever you have this extreme view of anything, I think it's very, very unhealthy for your mind, for your spirit, because what you're saying is inside of this box, there is one reality and everything outside of that reality is not valid. And you want to get to a point where you're neutral to look. And even now, 2020, 20 vision, right? And you're going to have to have a third eye to see what's really going on out there. But if you can see and feel what's going on within yourself, then you will be fine. Trust me, you will be fine, my loves. If, uh, my stomach rumbling. If you're going to have like really extreme views and, you know, as a, as a Jewish individual, you're going to say, oh, well, that's not right because it's against the Torah. Or, you know, you're a Muslim, you're like, well, that's not right because it's against the Quran. Or you're a Christian, you're just like, that's not right. It's, it's, it's against the Bible. It's like, this is your reality. This is what you were brought up in. This is what your parents conditioned you to believe. This is what you read. This is your consciousness. This is what you're allowing into your mind and your spirit. So for you, this is real. What about those other human beings that have also had different childhoods, different programmings, different experiences, different books that they've read, different documentaries that they've been watching, completely different um, source of information. Are you actually saying that that individual's reality is wrong? Now, even um, just moving a little bit away from sex for a moment, even if I don't agree with someone, I can tell you now that I'm not going to tell that person that their reality is wrong for them. I can just accept that that's not a reality for me. And really when that respect, but the respect also has to come from the other person. Otherwise they're just, you won't even, you can respect someone else, but they, if they don't respect you, there's not going to be um, any room really for, for, for communication or any room for a real relationship. And after this um, conversation, actually it happened a few years, a few years ago, a few days ago, I actually decided not to see this person again, not to have a relationship with this person. It's not even something that I have to say to this person. It's just something that I realize if you're misogynistic and, and you really think that about gay people and, and it's, it's like, there's no room for relationship if somebody's not going to allow a discussion and somebody's going to gaslight you and tell you that this is the way it is. And I'm just like, whoa, okay, well, that's just the way it is. And, and again, when, you, when you're in your, when you take that extremity into your marriage or into your relationships, you're going to make the person that is in a relationship with you look for more because we, we, are, we are in these vessels, but what's carrying this vessel is a spirit. You're, you have this sensual energy that there's a lot of people that are not moving with what Amanda Flaker calls the urge. Um, You've got to move with your own sensuality. You've got to move with your own sexual energy so that you're able to just be in the present moment with yourself. That sensuality that you feel within yourself, it's going to lead you to be in the present moment because in order to feel your sensuality, you actually have to be in the present moment. When you're in the present moment, you can see things for what they are. That's why you have a third eye because it's present moment awareness and that third eye is above the physical eyes which really is your first eye really your intuition and and, and your way of seeing beyond the physical being able to tap into the metaphysical and just in a standing that there's no reason whatsoever 
other than your own programming and other than what society told you to feel any shame about your sexuality. It, there's, 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 there's freedom as a woman if you decide that you want that sexual experience. Who the fuck is to tell you that you can't have that? Who the fuck is to tell you that you can't have this relationship and you can't have that? Be free in the present moment to experience what it is you want to experience because when we're so afraid of something, and this is why I always say that the highest version of yourself, which is you, by the way, and it is you right now, by the way, you're just not opening your eyes to it. You are on the other side of fear. That highest version that you want so bad, you have to walk through that fear to get there. It's like I've got, you know, a friend of mine that was saying, Amy, I can't fucking stand these masks and this whole coronavirus bullshit. And just, she was in a hairdresser's wearing a mask and she really didn't want to do it. And I was just saying to her as a friend, look, you're telling me you don't want to wear this mask, then don't wear it. But I have to. When you look at like the the media and how they're trying to literally make everybody, put everybody in this like little black box of Saturn of fear and limitation, it's kind of like, well... I can tell you now that I've not wore a mask in this whole thing. Every shop I go into doesn't ask me for a mask. Everywhere I go, it is police. Uh, it's the only the police that can actually enforce it. Now, what have the police said in the UK? It's all they've, they've said. It's it cannot be done to enforce masks, and it is going to be impossible. It's impossible. It's way more than us than there are of them. Even going on to odeon.co.uk, to the cinema, right? The cinemas have reopened, or some of them. We are following the government's guidelines. Wearing a mask is optional. That is up for the customers to decide. To like, It's like everywhere you go, they're telling you it's optional. It's optional, but you're choosing to wear a mask because you've cho- chosen to go down that route of fear. Now, does the married woman who is only in her mother role only in her wife mode is she fearing the what society would call the whore is she fearing that aspect of herself i think so she's fearing that aspect of herself so that fear then creeps into the marriage it's what the what the husband wants it's what he desires he desires to experience that sexual rawness of his wife but because she's embodying that fear he doesn't get to experience that with her so he goes looking somewhere else it's like what society would call the whore the one that's just never in a relationship and she has loads of sexual relationships and she's just free 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 i was sex with this person sex with that person sex with this person no boundaries whatsoever does she fear the mother aspects within herself does she fear the stability and and being able to give in a more um healthier way I think so. And it's when you bring those two women together without the fear, not bringing two fears together, bring those two aspects of yourself into the marriage, that that can be a fruitful relationship. You know, so just bringing this idea to you of balance. When you look at nature, beloveds, it's balanced. Everything in nature is balanced. Sometimes mother can be, she can seem arrogant and she can seem dangerous. You know, you see exploding volcanoes, which really just actually represent something within us. It's explosive emotions that when you're not dealing with what's on the inside of you, it's going to explode. That's what the, you know, the ocean, there's more, there's so much water, so much water on this beautiful earth. And that water, the oceans actually represent the subconscious mind. Isn't it beautiful, beloveds? It's like, 
the trees grounded and rooted to the earth, drinking the water from the earth, represents us as connected to the earth, drinking from our own well from within, not having to look outside of ourselves. The ocean's the blood, you know, the, the, the lightning is the, is the energy or the spark within you. As above, so below, beloved. And if you can spend more time with nature, you will see the truth of who you are. You will see that you are such a majestic fucking divine being. Nobody outside of you can tell you what to fucking do. Nobody. Because you know what? You have to give your consent. Sometimes that consent is given subconsciously. Sometimes you're manipulated into it. This is why it's so important. I've just started reading the book. Where is it? The Power of the Subconscious Mind. Um, Let me see who's this by. It's by Dr. Joseph Murphy. One of the most powerful self-help guides ever written. And I think it's just so important to really make connection with your subconscious mind. Not to get lost in the underbelly of your psyche, but to actually empower yourself. This is why I called this podcast beautifully empowered and at first I'll be really honest with you I literally thought it sounded cheesy as fuck I was just like (laughs) beautifully empowered that just sounds weird but I realized that my, my my purpose for this podcast is not to inspire you but to plant seeds of empowerment because inspiration and empowerment are two different things it's very easy to inspire someone for a moment. It remind, inspiration reminds me of happiness. It feels good, but it's, it's fleeting. You know, happiness is fleeting because you can be happy for a moment. And then your abusive parent can text you or phone call you or do, somebody can get into your energy, into your auric field and take the happiness away from you. You know, but when you're empowered, it's something that's sustaining. It's like joy. Joy is sustaining. You can still be having a painful experience but you can still be experiencing joy too because joy is is something that's it's sustainable it's like knowing that you've got bills to pay and you're finding it difficult to pay them but still embodying joy within you and ah, stay hydrated beloveds and i am literally going to pour myself some juice because I have realized, and you have probably realized too, because I almost say this in every podcast, when I talk, I'm giving a lot of my energy away, Um, but it is a conscious choice, I can feel my power being shared with you as I'm talking, because I'm not talking from my mind, beloveds, this is literally, I'm flowing through my own conscious, I am literally drinking that, (laughs) Mm. It's a state of consciousness and I'm giving you some of my power each time I do these podcasts, at least that's how I feel anyway. Um, And I hope that you are inspired on some level, but I hope that you're able to take these messages and just digest them and just to whatever resonates with you, take that and leave the rest. Mm. And I love you all and thank you for the lovely beings that always message me on Instagram and tell me how much you benefit from these podcasts. And if you're not following me on Instagram, it's Letitia underscore 777. Amy is A-M-Y. Letitia is L-E-T-I-T-I-A. 
underscore 777. If you want to support this podcast, you can send a heart donation to paypal.me forward slash Amy Letitia. It will be in the show notes down below. I really, really, really hope, I really believe, no, not believe because the word lie always shows up when I hear that word. Um, I trust that you are nourishing yourself, you are staying hydrated. You know, whenever trauma is triggered on the planet, we go into this place of dehydration. The more you're processing, the more your cells are going to need water. So we'll always drink lots of water. You know, trauma is being cleared from our DNA. Our DNA is water. We want to replenish our body. So I'm just drinking. I'm not actually drinking water. I'm drinking... um, It's like some rhubarb and apple drink. Oh, so refreshing. Um, so yeah, um, I'm sending you my love. I say um a lot, by the way. Has anyone else noticed that? Oh, I'm sending you so much love. You know, one day I would love to do like some sort of retreat and have like my beloveds with me. It would just be amazing to just share love and share experiences. And that's what life is about. It's just about being real and and not seeing yourself as better than anyone it's just literally being able to share your experiences and and I encourage you to do the same thing if you desire if you have kind of this motivation to start your own podcast just do it because you're never even if someone's sharing the same messages as you you are you and people are going to gravitate towards you because of you you know and because of the way that you explain something um explain your experiences and and there never will be anyone like you beloved your fingerprint alone is proof of that you are so unique you are such a divine expression of existence and I don't care what pseudoscience is telling you you are a masterpiece on this earth don't let any motherfucker take your power from you don't let them blow your light out don't let them see how powerful you are and then be like oh I'm gonna get her and like take all her power from her for myself no no you you too beautiful for that beloved um all my beloveds that listen I just want to be able to just say that to you that I see you and I am grateful that you have consistently been supporting me in this podcast as well. Because it's not easy to share such vulnerable aspects of me. As, as, as much as I'm vulnerable on my podcast, beloveds, I'll be honest with you, I'm sat at home right now. I'm not even in you know the, the place where I used to record my podcasts, but I'm at home right now on my own. I'm very aware that con- like con- like spiritually I see you all. I don't know you all. Obviously, I know some of you. And I, it's almost like I'm just in here, in this room with you, sharing my consciousness with you. That's all this is. And it's like... <sighs> when you share your, the real you without fear, you empower others. That's how we empower, empower each other. So don't be afraid of your experiences. Your highest self is on the other side of that fear. Don't be afraid to share your sexual experiences. Just just remember that you're you're... Just think about it right now. I'll be really quick saying this. What really is money? Money really is energy exchange. It's currency, right? A couple of weeks ago, I rang um, hairdressers and I wanted to know about a particular hair treatment. 
And this woman was extremely rude to me, just in her manner, just in the way she was talking to me, and I could feel it energetically. And I just asked her about some of the, the chemicals that they had in one of the, the products, and she was just like, well, you know you can go into the website, and I'm just telling you that I'm not trying to be an arsehole in telling you that in our salon we don't have the ingredients on the, the product, so you're going to have to go on the website and check yourself. I'm not being an arsehole. Well, for one, I was talking to this woman with such respect that just even the fact, the tone of her voice and also um, the way in which she was saying I'm not being an arsehole is just an extremely arrogant thing to say to anybody. Um, and I think that y- you will start realising, especially now in 2020, which businesses and which, you know, where you feel that your money is going to. That, that, that I just felt that this business is not having my money because money is current, the cur- currency is energy. And I don't want this energetic exchange with you as the manager. I don't feel comfortable now coming into your salon and having you as the uh, creative director um, touch my hair. I don't want that. So... I just nicely just ended the conversation and looked somewhere else. And it's just like, look at what the government is in for, um, their advice that they're giving. This is mandatory. That is mandatory. You must wear this to get on a bus. You must wear this to go in a shop. That's one thing to have that governmental mind out there, but one we can govern, govern our own mind. And two, to actually um, see how businesses operate under these new guidelines see which ones are trying to take power away from the people, see which ones are enforcing things like track and trace and just see what they're doing and you'll see which businesses are worthy of your attention, of your money, sorry, and you'll see which relationships in your life are worthy of your energy, your energy. And listen, I was sat in a room with a conversational narcissist last night for three fucking hours, right? And there was another family member there as well. So I didn't just get up and leave because I'd invited this other family member. I wasn't aware that this individual was a conversational narcissist because I haven't seen this person in years. I just thought this person was a little bit arrogant, but I knew what was going on. And I could feel my power being taken from me, the way that this individual redirected everything that was said back to this person. I'm an amazing this, I'm an amazing that, and I just couldn't believe what was coming out of this person's mouth. And in my head, in my, I could feel my power, my energy leaking from me, and I started to get really tired, so I had to sit outside the room. This is what I said to myself, and I just want to give this little thing to you before I go. I'm going to go in like literally two minutes. Just, I just want to give this to you, beloveds. My power is mine, and you can't take my power away from me. Breathe. Embody your own aura, your power being contained in your aura. There are no holes in your aura. Nobody can take anything from you. And just sit with that and just keep reminding yourself. And what that does is it brings you into the present moment. And in the present moment, there is your power. No one can take power away from you in the present moment because you're in the moment. You exist, you feel your own existence. So either someone has to match that and feel their own existence and flow with you or they'll have to just fall behind. It really is what it is. So having a balanced perspective of yourself, seeing my act as universal order, as justice, as harmony, as balance, as something that you apply to your own life, um, understanding that your own power is yours and that nobody can take that away from you lest you give them consent. Um, and yeah, and I think this is 
this is what I wanted to share with you and it's been 54 minutes long and, and I think that's everything that I need to say and I honestly do love you all every, every single one of you um I know that if you do listen then we're on the same frequency and we're we're connected by energy it's not really me is it it's not me as an individual it's not Amy Letitia it's just what I'm embodying and I think that that I'm always aware of that that your vibe attracts your tribe <laughs> So I love you all and I will be with you again soon. Bye.